Hello, everyone, and welcome to The JW Show. I'm your host, Joshua Washington, Director of Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And today I have a very special guest, a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge. Uh, she's a good friend of mine, and she has a lot to, to offer for us today. So we're going to jump right into it. Miss Yafa Tegenye. Yafa, thanks for being here. Hi, Joshua. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Yafa, um, who, can you let, for our listeners, can you let us know, what do you do? Well, um, uh, by background, I'm a lawyer, but uh, due to my family history and uh, my uh, career, I've become a representative of the Ethiopian Jewish community to um, uh, the public and to media and to the government here in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and I've become a sort of expert on uh, Ethiopian Jewish affairs. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and you... Do you, is it the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs? Is that what the, the organization that you um, speak That's of? correct. Okay. That's correct. I'm an ambassador for uh, the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, and uh, right. we represent uh, the Jewish interests to the Quebec and federal government here in Canada. Awesome. 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 And then, and you also said you become a representative of the, the Ethiopian Jewish community. Um, can you, can you speak a little bit more about that? Uh, what do you mean by, um, a representative of that of that community in what way well um i guess i should start a bit with my background in history uh, my father was one of the uh, first ethiopian jews his name was baruch tegenye and uh, he was one of the first ethiopian jews brought to israel in 1956 um, and he grew up in Israel, and he was one of the first activists to lobby the Israeli government to bring Ethiopian Jews uh, and have them make Aliyah to Israel. Um, so he's heavily involved with the movement and worked, worked both on the ground um, and behind the scenes. Um, and uh, he came to Canada, he moved to Canada, and uh, because of him and my mother, we have a very small uh, group of Ethiopian Jews that are born and raised in Canada and that have never lived in Israel. And um, whoever we are here, we represent uh, the Ethiopian sector of the Jewish community. And um, I, we're a small group, but we, you know, we like <laughs> to share our diversity uh, and share our thoughts about uh, Israeli politics and Jewish society where we're needed and when asked. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how are you uh, generally as, as Ethiopian Jews to speak on behalf of your community and also are very vocal about, as you said, um, Israel and Israeli politics? How are you received uh, generally in, in, in Canada when you do these things? If I can ask that. Um, well, I think that always depends on your audience. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that uh, I think within the Jewish community, uh, my goals the last uh, five, ten years have been really to uh, demonstrate to the internal Jewish community and to the wider Canadian community that the Jewish community is diverse, that there are a lot of different ethnic groups within the Jewish community. I think people always think of Jews as kind of, you know, Ashkenazi, European, Holocaust um you know, uh, the, you know, European war survivors, that's a lot of the image that a lot of uh, non-Jewish people think that Jews are. But, you know, we're very diverse. We come from all over the world and we need to embrace that diversity and understand it, um, you know, as Jews and how to, you know, show that to the world that that makes us who we are and that makes Israel uh, an even better society, complex, but better. Mm, absolutely. 
And you mentioned early uh, about your father, Baruch Tegenye, and, and he was one of the first Ethiopian Jews to be, come to Israel in the 50s. Um, I want to kind of uh, dive into a little bit of, of a similar topic to that. Um, in in the 80s and 90s, of course, we of course you know that there was, uh, Israel came in and airlifted uh, thousands of Ethiopian Jews from Ethiopia into Israel. Um, and recently we had what was uh, released on Netflix, a movie that, that is um, based on or, or inspired by those events there. And I wanted to ask you some questions about it. I'm assuming you have you seen that movie? Absolutely. I've seen the movie. I've <laughs> met with the directors and producers. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen it. Uh, I'm very glad they made it. Yeah, that's awesome. What, yeah. what um, you said you met with them. What did they meet with you about? Um, well, I happened to be at the first screening of the movie. There was um, there was a screening here in Montreal uh, for an event. Uh, and there was a, a cocktail with the producer and director of the movie. And, you know, we I was invited and other members of the Ethiopian community here were invited. So uh, they wanted to get our take on the movie. It was like a pre-screening, and they wanted to get our commentary and take on what we thought about it. Mm. Um, the movie had already been made. They did consult with people in Israel that I know while okay. making the movie, um, but we met with them, uh, you know, kind of afterwards so that they they could get an audience feel and reaction about the movie. Got you. Got you. And and what did you? What were your what were your feelings toward the movie after watching it? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, my reaction is nuanced. Uh, it's complex. I think that, you know, when we saw it on the big screen and, uh, the venue and the people that I saw it with, we were all very excited and, uh, we were very excited that the story was getting told. Um, right. you know, you, uh, growing up, everybody's always told me, you know, this should, this story should be a movie how does everybody not know about this this is insane this is amazing you know right. um so it is a major event and it is a, it's a magical event it's really something so seeing it on the big screen was really a dream come true and amazing and uh i'm very happy that the story is uh on a global scale you know is being told on a global scale uh on the other hand as an ethiopian jew uh there are a lot of uh, you know inconsistencies in the mm. stories of factual mm. things that are factually incorrect. Right. Um, it is definitely a Hollywood movie. I spoke to <laughs> the, the director about it and he said, look, this is not based on a true story. This is inspired by true events. Right. right. So, you know, they kind of took a lot of liberties with the story. Um, I know that, um, you know, a lot of Ethiopians, especially given the protests this summer, there were a lot of protests in Israel about uh, racism and, and shooting this summer surrounding the Ethiopian community. Right. And a lot of people were very upset about the mm. way the movie was portrayed. Mm. Mm. So, you know, in the big picture, I think it's great that it's out there and people know about it. So I think that's kind of the position I'd like to take a more positive position, you know, absolutely. That's, uh, what it is <laughs> I, I i hear you absolutely um yeah i i liked it i yeah i i wondered I, that was the one thing i wondered the most was was what the what the different ethiopian jewish community members thought about it um given given that and and you mentioned too and this is actually what i want to talk to you about as well the recent the protests that have been going on this summer um uh, later or in late june i think june 30th uh it's 
Solomon Tikai was an Ethiopian Israeli who was shot by an, an off-duty police officer um, in Israel. And um, it has sparked a lot of, of protests and, um, and building on top of, I think, the tension that's already been going on in Israel um, between the, the Ethiopian Jewish community and, and the non-Ethiopian uh, Israelis. First of all, I want to ask you, um, as, as an Ethiopian Jew, um, I know that you're not speaking for the whole community, but, but just for yourself at least, what, um, what is your whole take on that, that situation that, what that's been happening and, and in the following protests that have been going on? Um, I have to say, first of all, I have to qualify the fact that I don't live in Israel and I've grown up in Canada. So my experience is very different, uh, than people living in Israel on a day to day. Uh, it's much harder. Um, I think that, um, I think that the Ethiopians and Israel and the young, this is really a young generation. These people, mostly these kids that are protesting, um, were born in Israel. I think that there are, uh, I think they have reason to be angry. I think they have a lot of reason to be angry. Um, there is a lot of discrimination in Israel. There's been institutional discrimination, um, and especially this this idea of shooting young kids is just it, it doesn't happen in Israel. And I don't know how to explain it, but you know, um, everybody's child is a soldier in Israel. Everyone, everybody is trained mm-hmm. on how to shoot. Everybody knows right. to shoot someone in the leg and not in you know, not shoot to kill. So it's hard to argue about accidents and it's hard to argue escalation. There is a fundamentally, you know, uh, I believe there is a racial element to it. I believe that, you know, they try and compare it to the United States and they think that uh, Ethiopians are like African-Americans and they're scared of them. I I hate to say it, but I do believe that. Mm. I think there is a lot of problems that young Ethiopians face in Israel. Mm. Um, However... You know, I do think that uh, the older generation was a very quiet generation and they would not have protested in this way. And um, the fact that young people are empowered enough to go out into the street and demand equal rights shows that they are, you know, in a better place being in Israel because there is democracy and equal rights and access to justice within the legal framework. And they can go out and march and be safe. Um, so, which is something that I don't think older generations would have done culturally, even, um, there was a lot of kind of like, well, you know, they brought you here to Israel, so be thankful, you know, don't complain. But this new generation is like, no, we're Israeli and we sacrifice our lives and we're soldiers and, uh, we deserve to be treated like everybody else. Uh, and actually Ethiopians are overrepresented in the military. They're extremely patriotic. They're extremely Zionist. So they're often very religious. So I think it hurts home even more to be treated like that when you give so much to your country. So I think they're, you know, I think they're right to be angry. And it did give them a lot of attention to the issue. It did bring a lot of positive attention to the issue. So that's good. And so you're saying too that it it make it actually makes them Israeli the the, the fact that they're protesting and and making this much noise actually shows how how Israeli they are? Is that is that 
<laughs> yes, I know that sounds crazy, but it's true because only Israelis would protest in this way. And they are. These kids are born in Israel. They're raised in Israel. Many of them do not speak Amharic. They do not, you know, they're not related to their, the, a lot of the traditions, a lot of Ethiopian traditions. They mm. eat Israeli food. They're Israeli, you know. Right, right. So for them, they're like, why are we being, being treated differently? Like, we're just Israeli. And, you know. Absolutely. Um, and I understand why they're angry. Absolutely. And do you think that... As a country, do you think that Israel will recover or even um, more so than recover, but do you think that Israel can can grow or will grow from, from what's been happening this summer? I think so. I think they can rise to the occasion. I really think so. I think they have to, one, because it's a huge embarrassment for Israeli society mm. um, to have this. It's embarrassment as Jews. I've had people here come to me since the protests and tell me we're shocked. We can't believe, you know, this is going on. We can't believe, you know, how could Jews treat other people like this? You know, we were, we've right. suffered so much discrimination, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot of outrage. Um, I've also, as a reaction, received a lot of people wanting to contribute to Ethiopian causes and help, you know, give money in education and leadership programs and training and all types of things. So I think that's positive. Mm. And I think Israel also has to vis-a-vis BDS because, you know, um, how we treat minorities in Israel is a very sensitive issue. And it's, you know, Israel is scrutinized about how they treat minorities within their country probably more than anybody else. And it's important, you know, to treat especially your Jewish minorities right. <laughs> equally and right. with as much dignity as anybody else. Absolutely. You know, just and as much as the Arabs as well and the Druze and the Bedouins and everybody. There's lots of the Maronites. There's lots of minorities in Israel and they should be all respected and have equal rights. Um, but they have to they have to rise to the occasion. It's not in their interest. Uh, it's bad PR for Israel and it's bad. It's just not necessary where when. They had a great story. They have a great story of something that was positive. They did save these people from from Ethiopia. So, you know, it would be a shame to have it overshadowed by, you know, individual acts of racism. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break um, and we'll continue. I just have a couple more questions for you, Yafa. Uh, thank you again. Sure. Because I don't understand how this could ever be. Your plan, no, help me to Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the JW Show. Uh, again, I'm here with my good friend Yafa Tigenye. Uh, we've been having a great conversation. Um, Yafa, I wanted to to talk to you. You mentioned a couple of things about um, the Ethiopian community and how uh, how Israeli they really are, and how you know it, it's what's going on is is kind of 
forcing Israel to to look at some of these things and, and these issues and deal with them. As someone in Canada, as an Ethiopian Jew who who advocates for Israel, um, how does how does is how hard is that, <laughs> or, or is it not hard at all? I want to ask you um, when people who are anti-Israel come face to face with you, um, and and they say some of these things and use these things as as kind of ammunition. How how do you respond to to that? Um, well, I think I I dealt with that mostly in college. I studied uh, political science and um, international affairs, and there I. I was in a campus that was a very, you know, um, hotbed of a lot of uh, BDS and a lot of anti-Israel um, discussion. Um, it's it was it was challenging, and it still is. Right. Um, on the one hand, uh, I think the issue is that when you're talking with somebody who's criticizing Israel's human rights uh, record, and you're Ethiopian, and you come to them and say, "Well, hey." Here's a contemporary example of why Israel is still necessary because we're talking about the 1980s and 90s. I guess it's not contemporary anymore. I'm getting right, old, right, but right. <laughs> you know where people were suffering as Jews and needed a place to be free uh, and needed Israel. And you know, it's mm. they, they and they turn around and they're just it, it doesn't fit for them because right. to them Israel is, you know the superpower, you know, backed by the American superpower, it's colonial, it's all the anti. Right. And then here you have this act of pure goodness and this act of pure selflessness because they didn't have to do it and true humanity, a true humanitarian effort that, right. you know, not from the Holocaust or from Russia. It's it's now, it was here and now. So it doesn't sit well with their angle. Um, on the other hand, I've also had a lot of, you know, I understand a lot of Palestinian students that I've spoken to have said, well, you know, how, how, how can, like, can't you imagine what we feel when we can't go back to our homes and they're bringing people from Africa, you know, to come to Israel and we're there on the other side and, you know, we can't even go back. We're not considered like we can't go back to where we're from, but, you know, they're bringing people from Africa. So, which, you know, I can understand that. Like, you have to listen. I think people don't listen enough and you have to listen. Uh, but it definitely doesn't jive with the, you know, um, you know, the BDS's principles and how they attach how they attach themselves to human rights. And I think that's a fundamental problem in their movement, which right. I don't understand how it's not called out more often. But right. it's it's a discriminatory movement, yet it's attached mm. to human rights. And, you know, the Ethiopian issue just kind of pulls that right out. Right. Right. Just just the very knowledge that the Ethiopian Jews are in Israel and they exist and they're thriving kind of calls that out because when you boycott Israel, that's sounds like, well, you boycotting these people as well. You know, is, is that, is that really what you want? That's right. Yeah. You're boycotting people who came from one of the poorest countries in the world during one of the hardest times in that country. I mean, everybody remembers Ethiopia in the eighties and the imagery of the famines and the war and everything that was going on. So, you know, Israel helped, <laughs> right. They actually went out and changed people's lives. So uh, it doesn't fit really with the narrative. Absolutely. And and Yafa and uh, I want to back up just a little bit and and just ask you a little bit about about your father. You mentioned him in the beginning. Um and uh I know in the movie The Red Sea Diving Resort, he wasn't uh he wasn't in the movie or his character I should say, obviously, but his character was in the movie and I was wondering and I wanted to know if you knew um 
why that why he wasn't portrayed in the movie as well um well uh there's a few reasons uh one i think the movie was very mission specific um it was really about the red sea diving resort and what happened there which was only one of a handful of missions that were going on uh in different parts of east africa Mm. um people were being smuggled through khartoum people were being smuggled through addis there's a lot of different things that were going on so my dad was not directly involved in that mission however he was the first one to come up with the plan to bring Ethiopians through um, the Red Sea uh, by wow. boat to wow. Israel, which is not how the majority came. This was a very small group that in the in the, it was the, one of the first missions that they tried. They brought them um, to the Red Sea and brought them by boat. But most of the most of the Ethiopian Jews came by land through Sudan and then were airlifted. So the plan to bring them was actually my father's. Um, and the other reason he was not portrayed in the movie was because he had. Uh, falling out with Mossad. <laughs> he had a difference of opinion ah, with right. Mossad, and my father was not very good at taking orders, is the truth. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think he was a bit of persona non grata with the Mossad, <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that wow. they left him out. That's funny. Okay, yeah. that's good. And and uh, and just for our listeners, um, Baruch Tegene does have a book that's that's amazing called Baruch's Odyssey, um, mm-hmm. it, and it does talk about his, his journey and, and, his, and his time in Israel. Um and very much like 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 you, Yafa, it's it's very balanced and and complex, but you can't doubt that he loved Israel, and that's why he was a big part of of getting the Ethiopian Jews to Israel. I think um, I think that's the you know that's the crux of our story. It's that mm-hmm. Ethiopian Jews have been praying to go to Jerusalem for three thousand years, and that's really mm-hmm. the narrative of our entire culture and when they, you know, saw the reality of Israel. They didn't know there were white Jews. You have to understand. Mm. They believed they were the only Jews left in the world. Right. Um, and they're very Zionist, and everything was about going to Jerusalem and, and living and keeping mitzvot in Jerusalem and being Jewish. Um, so when they came to Israel and their Judaism was questioned and, you know, they're, because they didn't look a certain way or eat a certain way, right. um, it was so difficult for them to... Um, to handle it was very you know it's very insulting and it's very hard so there was a you know but ultimately i believe that being there uh was still great it's still positive and that the new generations are thriving and flourishing despite all the problems you know immigrants have problems it's not always easy it takes a few generations to you know um have social mobility and success mm. in society right, right and i'm very hopeful and i think they're they're doing it now and they're going to be better in the future sure. i believe that absolutely yafa thank you so much and and is there anything else that you want to add before before we sign off for the day no i think i'm good thank you very much for having me i awesome. appreciate you uh you know talking about this issue absolutely yafa and thank you for coming and giving your your knowledge and your, your input we really appreciate it so My much. pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And thank you all for listening. Again, this is the JW Show. Uh, my name is Joshua Washington, director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, and I'm signing off.